and welcome back to 10 with Zen. My name is Helen Woodward and I'm an advisor at Zen Educate. Today my guest is Nancy Hay, Executive Director of What Works Wellbeing. Welcome to 10 with Zen, Nancy. Hello, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Nancy, you have a background in the civil service, in particular leading learning to support policy development. You've been a private secretary to two government ministers as well. Yeah, that's right. So first of all, do tell us briefly about What Works Wellbeing. So the What Works Centre for Wellbeing is the UK's national body for policy, uh, wellbeing policy practice and evidence. Uh, And we're working to understand what organisations can do to improve wellbeing. So organisations in the public sector, private sector and in civil society. Okay, that's great. So what what we love about What Works Wellbeing is the commitment to developing and sharing evidence-based work. Um, And I know you use this to improve decision making, as you said, with government business and with charities. So what does the evidence tell us about how school leaders can support their teams? Um, It's a great question. So we work with uh, employers in all contexts to understand what they can do to improve wellbeing. And what's exciting is they basically have understood uh, and committed brilliantly to the the, the wellbeing of their staff and their customers in many cases. And what, what can they do is now the question. And so the first thing I would say is know your people and know your context and know how the drivers of well-being play out in that context so don't need to avoid being persuaded to do something just because another organization has chosen to do it or someone's trying to sell you something thinking about actually what do you need in your context so that could be um, you've got different people of different ages or you've got um, a circumstance that how do you keep people safe in this context both physically Uh, emotionally or um, financially for example people work for people and so we're thinking about people's health their physical and mental health and their relationships with their peers their uh, managers and their the the people that, that you work with your students and their parents and families and colleagues across the sector that's that's really helpful. So there's a big emphasis there on actually being specific around your context and not just not just kind of treating it like a buffet and saying, oh, well, they do that. So we should try that. Um, yeah, we wouldn't do that in our teaching. Right. So like, why would you do that in your staff well-being things as well? So and it's possible that we don't know quite as much in some areas as we do in, in educational attainment. But we do know quite a lot uh, and lots of things work. Uh, but knowing what's right for your people in your context is really important. Okay, that's that's helpful. Thank you. Um, so what does the research tell us about caring for our own positive mental health? Because a lot of people are concerned about this at the moment for obvious reasons. Um, so what can we do to help take care of ourselves? This is a great question. So actually, most people understand well-being as how it relates to themselves rather than as their organisation or their community. And that means, so that's why I'm trying to answer that question or the nation. Um, for yourselves though there's lots of brilliant science-backed summaries that you can pick up and use as your rule of thumb so um the ones that i would recommend are um because they're well evidenced behind them so the five ways to well-being is brilliant uh these are not necessarily the most important things but they are the most the, the five things that you can do so connect be active keep learning take notice and give Um, And for young people, um, they switch out give or be creative and play. 
but they're just five. You can do that as an adult too. In fact, we know we saw that sort of being creative uh, was very helpful coping strategy, reading and things like that during the pandemic and certainly sort of things like um, being active outdoors um, is classic, has been really, a really effective coping strategy, um, as has working, interestingly. Um, and then there's other ones as well. So Action for Happiness have Great Dream um, and they have their regular monthly calendars all evidence uh, informed behind them or there's one that I'm a big fan of it's been used in in South Australia as the whole state uh, which they use perma plus and this is again a, a rule of thumb that is quite nice and um, so perma is positive emotion engagement or flow uh, relationships meaning uh, and achievement and we'll come back to those um, I think a bit later on and the plus bit is your physical activity really makes a big, big difference. Um, your what you eat and drink, so your fruit and veg, um, uh, and sleep, and then optimism as well is their plus. So getting enough sleep. So those sort of science back drivers. There's also um, some great online platforms that um, with really very thoroughly evidence based information. So I advise on Public Health England's Every Mind Matters campaign, uh, which you can get your own, own mind plan. At, uh, and millions of people in the country have done so yeah. uh, or student space which is the uh, one for higher education students ah, I didn't know about either of those so that's that's really helpful thank you um, now last my last kind of big question is there's there's lots of talk about the need the need to do well-being with children and young people before they can be ready to learn um, but I'm interested in what the research tells us because I accept that we need to be, we all need to be in a good emotional state to be able to learn. Um, but does it actually completely preclude us from being able to learn? I really think this is a great question and we get quite confused here. So uh, do well-being, I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, uh, it's kind of something that you, that's throughout. There are some things that are more specifically well-being activities and they could be about making sure everyone has breakfast in the morning um, or they could be um, social emotional relationships learning one of the things i would pull out if you've heard from my sort of five, five ways to well-being and other ones is that learning and achievement and flow are all health things that help us with our well-being so uh, and um it's not also it's also about not always being happy all the time so you know, we have this conundrum where having a good having a job is important for well-being but one of the things with places we're least happy is at work and so um but we're not always happy at work and doing hard things well we're often in that learning pit uh, and we get through that learning pit with with, with good support good feedback uh, and that that learning and achievement and growth keeps us and helps us build our well-being so i think they can be complementary so there is something there about actually being engaged in learning being involved in that and that sense of flow and actually kind of building our competence and our skills in being able to struggle and learn is, is good for our sense of achievement and confidence and, and well-being. It's not normal to be happy, happy all the time, right? There's lots and lots of positive emotions available. Um, and I think as long as we get that balance right, and we do notice negative emotions more strongly, like almost like three times as strongly. And so you do need much more positive emotion around. But that positive emotion can just be contentment and calm and shared interest. That's really good, too. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that we feel negative emotions more strongly, actually. That's really interesting. We notice them because they help keep us safe, right? And that's quite important. 
yeah 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 i'm, I'm smiling actually because i remember when you did the lunch and learn for us at zen i remember one of your children saying and we push those bad feelings down to our toes and i thought that was so great we say that at home now actually we, we are all practicing this at home pushing those bad feelings down to our toes nancy and that's partly what being outside and being physically active helps do is these emotions are just information um, they help us understand what's going around in our world and helping us. So that's all these are social emotional skills. So are we aware of our emotions? Do we know what to do when we feel them? And how can we learn from them? And how can we use them to help us learn? How can we use them to help us succeed? Yeah. And that, that's a really interesting idea. The idea that actually we can we can become uh, we can learn about our emotions and we can learn to manage our emotions and we can learn to notice them and be present with them but not necessarily be overwhelmed by them yeah and, and they're strong right and they can completely catch us but so being able to notice them being able to name them and be able to say them and notice them in other people are all social emotional skills that we can learn and um that, that's probably more about what i would say is doing well-being is a uh, those types of skills but they are just one part of doing well-being so actually being physically safe in the classroom is probably fairly important too yeah ab absolutely absolutely and having okay. supportive friends and a trusted adult and physical activity these are the things that i would call doing well-being yeah yeah and lots of research actually for um looked after children and children who come through a children's safeguarding processes about the significance of just one trusted adult and how how hugely significant and life-changing that can be um, so Nancy, we're coming sort of towards the end of our time. I'm really keen to know what you're currently working on. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I think are particularly relevant. So one is we're working on a project with a number of organisations to review children and young people's wellbeing measures. And we are part of a pilot with Greater Manchester Secondary Schools to measure children and young people's wellbeing across the city. Um, it's really exciting. And we're also looking at the impact of the pandemic on different groups and of the drivers of wellbeing across the nation, um, both currently, how they've been affected and what that might mean for the long term as well. Nancy, thank you so much for being our guest today um, i'm definitely going to be visiting the what works wellbeing website to search out some more of the evidence um, for our listeners we will be following up the podcast as always with a blog post uh, summarizing the main themes and with key links to help you find out more and we'd certainly like to put some links nancy into the works that you're doing in greater manchester so that schools can find out more about that um, so thank you to our guest nancy hay brilliant to be here thank you so much for having me i look forward to seeing the recording and thank you for our listeners for joining us on 10 with zen and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day thank you for listening to 10 with zen if you'd like to book staff for your school in london birmingham or manchester do visit zeneducate.com to find out more mention 10 with zen to our team for 50 percent off the first two days of your short-term booking or long-term booking